1: This is uh, Kyler and Kara Utsler, and we're going to be redoing the scripture for you today.
0: Revelation 7, 9, 13 through 17. After this, I looked, and there was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, robed in white, with palm branches in their hands. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these robed in white, and where have they come from? I said to him, Sir, you're the one that knows. Then he said to me, these are they who have come out of the great ordeal. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. For this reason, they are before the throne of God and worship him day and night within his temple. And the one who is seated on the throne will shelter them. They will hunger no more and thirst no more. The sun will not strike them nor will any scorching heat for the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd and he will guide them through guide them to the springs of the water of life, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Revelation 21, 1 through 6, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city and the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them, they will be his peoples and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more, mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all of things new. Also, he said, Write this, and for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega at the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life.
2: The word of God for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be be to God. God.
1: So we have been working our way through a sermon series called What We Talk About When We Talk About God. And we have talked already about the God who is open, who is this generous mystery We've talked already about the God who is both, who always lives in the paradoxes of our life. We've talked about the God who is with us in spirit. We've talked about the God who is for us, to free us. And and so now today, we're going to turn together towards the God who I believe is always ahead of us, pulling us forward. I wonder, is, is this... How you've heard about God as a head? Is this how you've heard God described as pulling us forward? Is, is God the divine being and creative pool of progress? We sang this morning, be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart, O Lord of my life. Do you believe that God is that vision? That God is that creative pool of progress with a better, more inspiring vision for the world, for your life, than we could ever imagine. Or is God behind, back there somewhere? In the past somewhere, endlessly trying to get us to preserve what has been and return to what what used to be. In many ways, this is one of the central questions of our time. It's one of the, the questions we ask every day is, is, the best future a return to an imagined pristine time when things were ideal? or Or is the best future actually in the future? When I think about God who is ahead, I think of actually this news story that came out this past weekend in in Fairfax County. Um, It's a brand new story, take a look.
2: Well, it was this time last night, just after our 11 o'clock newscast usually ends, that Fairfax County's school board voted to change the name of Mosby Woods Elementary School. It's named after John Mosby, a Confederate Army commander. New tonight, our Heather Graff spoke to Mosby's great-great-grandchildren who support this change. It's a story you'll see only on ABC7. The block lettering that's hung for decades here at Mosby Woods Elementary will soon be coming down. That is unanimous, thank you. After a unanimous vote took place during this virtual meeting late Thursday night.
0: We commit to fostering a responsive, caring, and inclusive culture. We cannot live up to that standard if we force students to attend schools named in honor of the racist vestiges of our past.
2: The school board for Fairfax County Public Schools saying it's time to get rid of the name that honors Confederate Colonel John Singleton Mosby. And on Friday, we learned Mosby's own family members agree.
0: John
1: Singleton Mosby was our maternal grandfather's grandfather.
2: In June, brother and sister Dare Delano and John Mosby Fuller, along with five of their relatives, wrote a letter to the school board saying they respectfully request a name change for Mosby Woods Elementary, quote, in solidarity with Black Lives Matter and peaceful demonstrations against the continued oppression of people of color. When the ancestors of somebody are saying they don't think they should be memorialized in a certain way, I think it's an important voice to listen to. The siblings also point out the school was named after their great-great-grandfather in 1963 during the Civil Rights Movement and in the midst of Virginia's massive resistance to integration.
0: It wasn't about heritage. It was really about exclusion.
2: And at a place where diversity is now celebrated, this family and the school board feel strongly the name Mosby Woods no longer fits.
1: It's about the student body. It's about the youth. It's about making a safe and inclusive place for youth.
0: To nurture and grow and feel free to express and be themselves.
1: Heather Grant, ABC 7 News. I share the story with you because what you can't know about this video from what you just saw is that Dare Delano and John Mosby Fuller, the great-great-grandchildren of Confederate Commander John Mosby are actually devout Christians. In fact, they are devout Methodists in Fairfax County who say that it was none other than the living, creative God of Jesus Christ, prodding them ahead to write that letter and to advocate for something new, something more, the best future they believed for their community. I, I share this story with you because God was there. And, and as God has always been present With all of us leading and calling and inviting and drawing and pulling all of humanity to this greater and greater and greater love and joy and justice and equality and peace. Here's the thing, though, we all know that it is entirely possible for the great-great-grandchildren of Commander John Mosby to have been very religious, very committed Christians and Methodists, and yet working against the new thing that God was doing. It's completely possible that they could have been missing out on what God was up to, how God was was pushing them and their community ahead towards God's better future. Sometimes religion right is is in harmony with this with this pulling and drawing and inviting of God, helping people toward their best, better future for all of us. And sometimes religion works against this pulling and drawing and calling and inviting, resisting the very real work of God's spirit in the world. Th- this idea that God is, is never behind us, pulling us back, but always ahead of us, pulling us forward, is not, it's not some progressive agenda. It's biblical. It's evangelical. It oozes off the page of John's revelation that Karen Kyler just read for us, but it also goes, it goes back much further than that. And so I want us to start today with this phrase from Exodus that I'm, I'm, I'm certain you have read and heard quoted somewhere along the way. But if there is serious injury, you are to take life for life. I for eye, tooth for tooth. You've heard this phrase, right? An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. We usually hear it when someone's talking about revenge, when revenge is on the table. You get hit, you hit back. They bomb us, we bomb them back. They spread an ugly rumor about me, I say, have you heard what they did last week? This, this phrase has become a way of justifying the right to get even and to settle the score, right? But there is an entirely, entirely other way to read this verse. The chapter that this verse is found in actually deals with issues surrounding personal injury and property damage, it includes instructions, all kinds of instructions, about what to do when someone is kidnapped and the importance of making a distinction between whether personal injury was intentional or not. What happens if there's a fistfight and one person doesn't kill the other but injures him enough that he's confined to bed? What What's the proper procedure it, when somebody digs a hole and someone else's animal falls into that hole? And so on. There are even specific, in this section, there are even specific instructions on what to do if a person's bull gores someone to death. The key question being did the gore had, have the habit of goring people to death and had the owner been warned about this? And in the midst of all of these rules about fist fights and bull gorings and holes in the ground is this line An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Which meant that if someone killed your cow, he owed you now a cow. Not two cows, not a cow and a horse, not a chicken. He owed you a cow. And if if you dug a hole and his donkey fell into it and was injured, you owed him proper compensation for the injury to that donkey. Nothing more, nothing less. An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth is another way of saying that the punishment fit the crime. There's a law given to actually lessen violence, to prevent revenge. It demonstrates, though, this profound insight into human nature and the character of revenge. That revenge always escalates, doesn't it? That's the nature of revenge. When someone wrongs us, we rarely ever want to do the same thing back. Why? Because we want to do more harm to them. When someone insults us, our instinct is to to search for words that will be more insulting to them. Revenge always escalates. And in the ancient world... An eye for an eye was this succinct way of creating a legal barrier to prevent the escalation of violence and injury. But the wisdom of this passage in our present context is so lost, right? Because it's among all this talk about slaves and bulls and people getting teeth knocked out and digging holes in the ground. At, at first glance, it can easily appear to be another example of primitive, regressive, biblical language, primitive, regressive culture. But at the time this regulation was given, it was it was ahead of its time. It was a significant advance in, in the creation of a less volatile, more civil society. What sounds like primitive barbaric violent phrase what was was actually for its time and place a step forward God pulling pulling humanity ahead and so what we see time and time again throughout the Bible is God meeting peoples and tribes and cultures right where they are and drawing and inviting and calling calling them forward ahead into this greater and greater shalom and respect and rights and peace and dignity and equality. It's as if, it's as if human history were progressing along this trajectory, this arc, this continuum. And, we're, and, and the Bible is just this recording of those moments when people became aware that they were being called and drawn and pulled. Forward by this divine force and power and energy that gives life to everything. When they're at F, God calls them to G. When, when we're at L, God calls us to M. And if you happen to be back, all the way back at A, God even meets you there. Meets, meets you all the way back at A and does what God always does invites you to take that step forward towards B. This is true of individuals and families and tribes and nations and cultures and organizations and institutions and churches, all of it taking place on this continuum, this trajectory, this God-fueled movement within and throughout human history. Which brings me to our scripture today. Did you hear it as as Kyler and and Kara read John's beautiful otherworldly revelation of where this trajectory leads? John says, this is what God's up to. Behold, I am making all things new. I am creating a new heaven and a new earth. I am pulling you ahead toward that holy city, to that new Jerusalem, so that upon moving from A to B, from F to G, from L to M. Eventually you will make it to Z to Zion and I in Zion will wipe away every tear from your eye and death will be no more and mourning and crying and pain will be no more for all those were just the first things. All those things of the past that have, that have passed away now hunger and thirst and homelessness will be no more for in zion in in the new jerusalem christ says i will sit on the throne the one who has guided you step by step throughout time to the springs of the water of life i am the one who knows your alpha and i know your omega i know How you began and I always foresee and am pointing you towards where you are going to your end. There's this progression in this vision, this progression in this promise, a a progression that is loaded with implications for our world. Think for a second about the promise of Abraham. That Abraham would have this higher purpose, not not simply their own wealth and well-being and and provision, but that they would bless and benefit all the other tribes, the entire world. God called Abraham to this new state of being that included, yes, tribal identity and, and, and preservation, but then transcended that to this higher calling, this calling beyond just maintaining and protecting their own tribe. This calling to help and bless and elevate all the other tribes. A calling much like that of the great-great-grandchildren of John Mosby. And the rest of the Bible tells the story of Abraham's tribe, the Jews. And their struggles to live up to that destiny and that calling. Even, Even their name Israel means the one who struggles with God. Over time, prophets came along to call Israel back to their destiny. Prophets like Isaiah telling them, reminding them, Israel, you're supposed to be a light to the nations, to the Gentiles. And then eventually Jesus arrives on the scene. And And what does Jesus do? He teaches Abraham's descendants to not hide their light. He reminds Abraham's tribe of their destiny, their mission, their calling that pulls towards the new Jerusalem from A to G to L to Z to Zion. And many of them don't get it because tribes naturally have a tendency, right, to become all about themselves Which brings us back to that divine pool. To that truth about the promise of Abraham that leads to a truth about us. Self-centered, our, our tribe above all others consciousness is at the root of war and racism and ethnic cleansing and environmental destruction and suffering throughout our world. And when we talk about God meeting people in the Bible back then, right where they were, we also must acknowledge that the promise of Abraham, the new Jerusalem, our Omega, our Z, our Zion, is still unrealized. And that truth leads to one about the human heart. That that as advanced and intelligent and educated and progressive as we are, there are some things about the human condition that have not changed in thousands of years. We have progressed so significantly far and yet the human heart has remained significantly unchanged in that it still possesses the, the tremendous capacity for ignorance and evil and destruction. So we need help. We need the God of the Bible who is always, always calling God's people ahead, prodding us to have our minds blown and our hearts exploded with this vision of humanity. So joyous it can't be grasped all at once. And so I ask you today, what, what is God up to at this moment? When we talk about who God is, that God is with us and for us and ahead of us, how is God showing up now in this world? How is God showing up now in your world? How is God pulling us ahead, this God who is always ahead? I offer this to you in the name of God the Father, in the name of Christ his Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I invite you now into a time of prayer with me. This is a time for you to, to give your life back to the God who is pressing you ahead. If you have been, if you've been been finding yourself looking back lately, looking back to what was, if it could only just get back. To the way it used to be. This God is never pulling us backwards, but always moving us ahead. How is God moving you ahead today? The Lord be with you. Let us pray. God, you have a plan for our lives that is so much bigger than the one we have. You see our Omega, you see our end, you see our future. And you push and you pull us towards your preferred future for us. And we often think we know better. We are confident, God that we know best for our own lives and we we push and pull in another direction we aim to control and to prod our lives in in the direction that that we think it should go in all along knowing that you have something better for us if we were to just submit and surrender to the god who is always ahead God thank you for the gift of scripture that tells that story that gives us examples over and over again of how you didn't just leave us where we were but you you pulled us forward from from A to B from F to G and that you are still pulling us today Forgive us, God, for when we think that we know everything now, knowing that we are only at M, and we have so far to go. God, you are constantly revealing yourself to us, and if we believe that we know everything about you, we will miss something new. Forgive us, God, that in the course of human history, our hearts have remained unchanged in many ways so that we still have the capacity for great ignorance and evil and destruction that we see lived out in our world and yet turn us god to how how you are doing a new thing in our communities how you are calling us to be brave and to push ahead and not to return to some, to some desire of the past. We want to be a part of your future, God. Your future that looks like no more weeping, that looks like no more death, that looks like no more homelessness, no more hunger, no more thirst, no more racism. No more infighting, no more division. We wanna be a part of your future, God. And so lead us and prod us and pull us forward. We pray that prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen.
0: One day that we know more waiting left for our soul One day that we know more children longing for home. One day when the kingdom comes right here where we stand, we will see the promised land. One day the prime.